1: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Freaky Friday, where we tell your odd but true stories. Today is Friday, January 27th, 2023, and Christy, you've curated a lineup of stories for us today to share.
2: I have. I have indeed. Thank you all for sending them in. There's a couple similarities here, especially in these first two, and I tried to mix it up with um, not just having... A chunk of true crime and a chunk of other stuff, but kind of weaving it throughout. so Alternate back and forth.
1: Well, before we get started, I want to thank everybody that came to our live stream on Thursday, the 26th. Uh, We did a two o'clock in the afternoon live stream. So we had some folks streaming from their lunch break and then folks in the UK, Australia and in the Arctic joining us from all over. There was an
2: actual penguin. It's hard for them to type, so they didn't say much. But they were there, and we had so much fun. It was just a delightful way to spend the afternoon, and everyone was. The questions are great. Mm-hmm. We're like, see, afternoon, everybody's awake. You like got that midday energy. Your brain's firing and sharp. ready for it. Your the, brain's the- firing. Even-
1: we always have fun in the evenings, but they do descend into chaos a lot. This one uh, was great fun, and we, like I said, we, we ended up with some great questions. So thanks oh, yeah. to everybody that came. I just wanted to re- reiterate my appreciation for that.
2: Lots of laughs. It, uh, that Russell Crowe impression took me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Russell Crowe. <laughs> well, like Heather said, we've got six Freaky Friday stories for you today, so... I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. This first one is from Lauren, and this is called Online Dating Demon Dodged. Like any bored and single 30-something, I decided to retry online dating a few years ago and matched with a guy who seemed super cool. I was an equestrian living on a farm. He had multiple photos with horses. He was earning his pilot's license, outdoorsy, and seemed to have his shit together well enough. He wasn't totally my type, but cute enough to give him a shot. We started chatting and hit it off, but kept avoiding the traditional Pacific Northwest brewery date, which I enjoy because I can bring my dogs as an important guy gauge. The lack of being proactive is totally a red flag for me now, but I figured maybe he was uncomfortable with indoor or close outdoor gatherings. It was the end of 2020. After a week or two of this, he messaged me to invite me elk hunting for the weekend and gave me his number. Um, no, your girl is not going to nature with weapons on the first date. I told him that I was busy doing dog training and had a women's handgun safety course that weekend. I never heard from him again. But curiosity got the best of me. I reverse searched his number, shout out to the Haya app, and got his full name found his Facebook profile, and his photos checked out. But man, did he have a very public profile with a very odd dating history. Besides what looked like a lot of short and intense relationships, red flag, just a month prior, he'd posted about how he was going to be a dad, including ultrasound pics and how amazing the mom of his child is. What? Insane. Okay, on to Google. He said he had moved to the Pacific Northwest from Florida recently. Lo and behold, Google confirmed this with lawsuit and prison information. Dude had been in prison in Florida for a while for attempted murder. He stabbed a man multiple times, like numbering in the teens, including in the face before leaving him for dead. His mugshot made him look like he was high as fuck on something. Classic Florida man stuff here. I suppose he realized that as someone who couldn't have firearms, he wouldn't have an easy time pushing me around. Not going to have a fun time bringing a knife or bow and arrow to a literal gunfight, should I choose to carry. I don't, but that did have me thinking. So that's my dodged bullet or knife or arrow, whatever. Horrible guy. And it really makes me wonder why attempted murder doesn't get punished the same as, quote, successful murder. Just because you failed to stab hard enough, shoot well enough, etc. to finish the job doesn't mean you're a better person. You're still a terrible person who's willing to end a life, but you were bad at it. And now that wacko has at least one kid out there. Absolutely bonkers. Any legal thoughts on this are totally welcome, Heather. Thanks so much, ladies. You guys are great. And every time I throw my Crocs on or think about the pigs, I think of you gals. Keep it freaky. And here's a link to some of the info I found in case you're interested. Well, that
1: is, I tell you what, she's doing what I did whenever I first was online dating, which mm-hmm. was trying to gather as much info as I can about the person.
2: It's the world we live in, though. I mean, you you want to, if you can, the more you can like know up top to avoid any potential unwanted surprises, I say the better
1: oh, you're totally right. And I think I told you a story about a friend of ours that was dating a guy for a long time. And then, I mean, down to where they were engaged and then it didn't work out. And then after the fact said, hey, he told me these things about his background, about, you know, alleged uh, accomplishments. He had had certifications, licenses, graduation from places. Can you like look and see if this is legit? And it was, he had made it all up. He had said, mm-hmm. he, you know, he had these jobs that he didn't have and these certain licenses he didn't have. So it. That would be something I would want to know on the front end. And yeah. so I uh, i mean, Paris, even we talked about it. I said, as soon as you paid with your debit card, the first drink we went out and had together, I was on your Facebook. I was like- <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed it's funny because I noticed his sister was like commenting a lot. And it was like photos of him and his sister and him and his niece and him with his parents putting up Christmas lights. So, yeah, I internet stalked him, whatever. I don't care. Like
2: <laughs> Can- it's my safety at risk. I don't care. <laughs> when you are on a dating app, does it not tell you their last name?
1: No, it says just Paris. He didn't put his actual job. It said, you know, corporate company. I didn't put yeah. my law firm name either. I just put large law firm. And then you can attach your Instagram to it where you people can see the pictures that they can't go to your actual Instagram. Some uh, of them you can link your actual Instagram so they can just totally see you that's online. Too
2: much. That's you well, but also If you want to find something out about somebody, it doesn't take much. It's not hard to do. A couple Google searches, you got a lot of information at your fingertips.
1: Oh, for sure. It's one of my favorite things with um, a friend of mine would match with guys and then text me just a screenshot. So I would know like age, location, first name and like industry. And I was able to find multiple guys named like Chad or Brett, literally just by filtering my Google search like down smaller and smaller to like related word searches. There's a lady on TikTok that does that where people will have anonymous like it'll be like user three, four, five, seven, eight, nine with as, you know, egg as the profile, like nothing as the profile picture. And she can she'll track them down and be like, hi, Martha, born in 1979, who lives in Tempe, Arizona.
2: Had Martha done something worth being doxxed?
1: Well, but she people ask her to do it. They'll be like, I bet you can't find me. Because they think oh, their names it's like are like the
2: individual saying, hey, like challenging her. Yeah,
1: they'll be that's like, I bet fun. you can't find me. And she ends up based on she uses social engineering. So she finds who their followers are or who they're following. And she said, I always go for the first ones, because usually that's going to be the you know, your friends follow you first or con- mm-hmm. like when you first have a page, people's phones will say, oh, hey, Christy, you got a TikTok? Don't you want to add your contact, Christy, to your TikTok?'" So you're Mm -hmm. more likely to have followers that you know in the early lower part of your social media profile, which is wild to know that.
2: Yeah. Well, that's why she can find anybody. None of us are safe. Don't (laughs) think for a second that you are. But I am very glad, Lauren, that you did dodge this demon.
1: Oh, yeah. You did the right thing because this attempted murder, to the point of your legal question, it's more than assault, more than assault with a deadly weapon. Attempted murder it is one notch below murder because a life was not lost. I get your point that it's the, Mm -hmm. the intent was still there, but that's why it is a greater punishment than simple, you know, something like assault or even assault with a deadly weapon. When they see that you are acting in a way that you intended to take life, which if you thought, well, maybe this was just a little fight or whatever. If they had facts that supported a, conviction for attempted murder that would show that he uh, intended that result mm-hmm. and then just failed so then you do get a much higher sentence than you normally would for you know assault or even something when you're being negligent or reckless this is like he he had the intent the same intent as murder but he didn't have the same act and so you get a higher punishment than just the act but not as much as if you would have completed all of it
2: I think if you're this dude or anyone and this is what's going on, You got to be up front from the jump with Mm -hmm. people and just say, hey, just so you know, this is the thing that happened. I know that we all Google each other. So I wanted you to hear it from me before you found out on your own and like just be up front and direct about it. Get it out of the way and then it can be up to that person if they're going to choose to continue dating or not.
1: That's a good point. And we're at the point when you get in your 30s, you know, you've had a life before. Maybe you've been married before. You have kids or you have been incarcerated, things like that. And when you're in your 30s, you kind of get it, right? And if People have stuff like, ah, I was a dumbass in my 20s. Or, yeah, oh, this yeah, happened yeah. Or whatever. A lot so, of people have already been married. And yeah, of course. Sinisterhood will be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, when you feel like your best self, one of those times is when I'm hanging out with you. I feel like we uh, bring out the best in each other, but we can't be together all the time, so have to have coping mechanisms.
2: I'm not a qualified, licensed therapist, so sometimes you got to go to BetterHelp to get your answers that you're needing.
1: Exactly. You got to get professional help to feel your best self.
2: Well, you make me feel my best self too. And when we're at our best, we can do great things. But sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up the way you want to.
1: Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. I have a therapist through BetterHelp who I love. She provides me with support via messages. She also sends me, uh, if we talk about something and I say, man, I want to learn more about that, she'll say, oh, I have a book or here's a worksheet, a handout, something that you can reference if I'm not available. I can just send her a message if I'm thinking about something and she's able to respond. And I signed up for BetterHelp because I didn't know how to get started in therapy and it was super easy on the app.
2: It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma.
1: If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp. It's a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists
2: at any time for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Sinister today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Sinister. Well, continuing on with dating stories gone wrong. This one is from Alex and it is called, That Could Have Been Me. In the earlier months of 2015, I met this guy on a dating app named Justin We really hit it off, and we started going on dates. For reference, he lived in a city east of Charlotte, and I lived in a city west of Charlotte. Given the drive, we only saw each other on the weekends. We'd been going on dates for about a month when I finally decided to end it. There was nothing wrong with him. No red flags, no major something-is-off-here moments. Our dates were normal. Movies, dinner, bowling, the usual. He was always a gentleman. I ultimately cut things off with him because he was shorter than I was. I know. Shallow, right? A few months go by and my mom and I are sitting in our living room, mindlessly watching TV, the news to be exact, when there, unfolding before us, is a news story featuring Justin and his mugshot. He had held his girlfriend hostage at his house. He was charged with communicating threats, assault with a deadly weapon, felony habitual assault, and second-degree kidnapping. My mom and I both looked at each other, knowing exactly what the other was thinking that could have been me. To make matters worse, the judge only sentenced him to probation. In 2016, he was arrested on similar charges, but for a totally unrelated incident. This time, it was his 18-year-old girlfriend. He was 25 at the time. Every time I think about it, I get nauseous, thinking about the fact that if I hadn't been so shallow to ditch him because he was too short, that easily could have been me. I'm so thankful it wasn't me, And I hope the two women he abused and tortured find healing and peace and comfort in knowing that there is this random woman out there in the universe that consistently manifests good vibes for them, even though she doesn't know them. I provided a link to the original news article below. Anyway, keep it creepy, friends.
1: Wow. Yeah, that is. I'm shocked that he only got probation given that he was charged with felony habitual assault.
2: That seems like a lot of charges to get probation.
1: Yeah, that is definitely, uh, you know, it shows you that that could be an issue and why he gets out and does it again. You know, they are going like, well, it's his first offense. I mean, he's willing to do that, though. I think some sort yeah. of punishment and deterrent
2: from doing
1: it again, which he almost immediately did. I'm
2: grateful, Alex, that when you did break up, he didn't lose it because that's where I, I looking back. I was like, I'm surprised he just let that happen
1: right that you just cut it off even if she didn't tell him why they why she cut things off still
2: if you just say i don't want to date you anymore what did i do wrong
1: Mm -hmm. you know
2: well he seems unhinged so or not seems obviously is so i'm glad that you got out for whatever reason you needed to and you know what everybody's into different stuff be into what you want to be in if somebody is a little shorter than you like and that's not it for you all right
1: yeah, I mean I think we all deserve to be with someone who is a hundred percent attracted to us mm-hmm. and into us and there's somebody out there for everybody, maybe not uh right now for him. He sounds like he needs some no, he rehabilitation be by and locked up. <laughs>
3: No purchase necessary, void, were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Well, this next one's from Manika, and it's called Axe Encounter. Sup? I'm writing in about something that happened that I still struggle to make sense of to this day. In 2020, I went to visit a friend an hour away at a large college town. It's a nice fall day, so we headed to a state park to smoke and chill, as you do when you're in your early 20s. We were seated on some rocks on the water, with the wooded area and hiking trails behind us. After some time, we see a young guy in his early 20s, about 50 yards to the left of us. He was staring out over the lake pensively. Honestly, it was kind of dramatic. And he had an axe on his shoulder. I made note and asked my friend, Yo, does that guy have an axe? Mind you, I am very high at this point. We started to panic. I didn't know what to do, so I called out, Hey, what's up? You okay? He didn't answer the question instead goes, Are you going to be here long? We said, Uh, we're actually leaving now. Trying not to tip him that we're spooked. He laughed and goes, <laughs> I can't believe you guys are actually scared right now. I said, Why do you have an axe? He replied, For firewood, duh. I'm building a fire. At this point, I'm genuinely afraid I'm going to shit my pants. Nothing about this dude was particularly threatening He was skinny, well-dressed, and clearly a college student, but he had an axe in a state park where you can't go around wielding an axe for firewood. I've never had my true fight or flight activated like that before. I started thinking if we should yell or run or jump into the water in case he did anything weird. He walks away, whatever. We're laughing it off uncomfortably and gathering our stuff together to head out. I think we were both incredibly freaked out, trying to keep our composure. Five minutes later, we hear chopping in the woods behind us. We grab everything and dip out. As we're leaving the area, we see him chopping trees, now shirtless. Mind you, he is just loudly chopping at different trees, not what you do when you actually need firewood. He then spots us and stops, pulls out his phone, we never heard it ring, and starts talking on it while making eye contact with us. We hauled ass out of those woods and onto the main road, where others were. We warned a group heading in that there's a dude trying to freak people out with an axe. They laughed and kept going. We got into the car shaken, but laughing, because what the hell? We decided to stay in the car for a little longer to calm down before we headed out. We talked it out. Maybe he really was just getting firewood. Maybe this is how he relaxes after a long week of studying. Maybe he's an axe murderer. As we went to reverse out of the parking spot, we see him walking behind our car. We pulled out immediately. He gets into his car a couple of spots over and throws the axe in the back with no firewood. We're driving away even more freaked out, feeling safe in our car and with other people around. Looking back, he was driving a Subaru, so maybe he was a little outdoorsy creep who found the perfect opportunity to freak out a couple of girls who were smoking. I went back and forth between feeling silly and a little embarrassed to feeling like maybe I should report it to the state park. Weeks following, I would check the news in the area to make sure this dude wasn't an axe murderer. Either way, what a little creep. I'm interested to see how you two would have reacted in this situation. Thanks for reading. Oh, my. (laughs) Well,
1: I don't like damaging the trees for no reason, you're not, like you said, you're not supposed to be hacking anything in the state park. That being said, I probably would have called it in quietly and not, I I wouldn't be like,
2: hey, motherfucker, stop hitting those trees.
1: (laughs) You know, because he's got a neck. So uh, I'm good on
2: that. Uh, If, I think it'd be one of those situations for me that if I had a gut feeling that something was off or I felt, you know, like the hairs on the back of my neck stand up, yeah, I'd get up and leave for sure.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. We were in
2: um. Where was it? The Gates of Hell, Columbus. Mm -hmm. We were down in what I envision is kind of an area like what you're talking about here. And uh, two young gentlemen were down there smoking. And we spoke with them. And, you know, it could have gotten – I would say they seemed nice. Oh, yeah. They were nice. But I always have my walls up a little bit, always have my head on a swivel a little bit. And even in that situation, I was like, okay, I just want to make sure we all, everybody has eyes on each other the whole time. But if one of them had had an ax, uh, I would have shit my pants.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a good point because the people we ran into at the gates of hell were talking directly back to us you know like responding directly and this guy with the not answering the initial question of like is everything okay and just being like you guys leaving soon (laughs) it's like okay well that wasn't the question but yeah yeah, now we are for sure and yeah no weapon definitely Uh, the worst randy had was he was packing old bowl he was fine
0: (laughs) yeah
2: randy randy was the uh, he was a good guy
0: he wasn't trying to fuck around at all
3: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I
2: never win and tell.
3: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: All right. Well, this next one is from Ivy. The subject line is The Vanishing Man. Hi, my name is Ivy. I'm a long-time listener, but I've never written in because I've never had anything truly freaky happen to me. Until last week. This may not be the weirdest story you've ever heard, but it has left me bamboozled, so here you go. Last Friday, I went to the library to pick up a book for school and write some fan fiction. This is nothing unusual, as I do it about every other Friday. What is unusual is what happened while I was leaving. I don't have my own car so I take the city bus home. There's a bus stop along the way outside the library and there are two ways to get to it. One is by going on the sidewalk around the perimeter of the parking lot which takes about five minutes. The other is by walking up a large hill that is currently covered in about six inches of snow which is the route I took. Another thing to note about this particular bus stop is that it has two components. First is a large see-through box type structure think a large phone booth without a door with a wooden bench inside it. Then there's a regular blue bench, which is right next to the booth. As I was walking up the hill, I could see the silhouette of someone sitting inside the plastic booth. Once I got up to the stop, I could see that it was an unhoused man and he had a large cart with him. This is also nothing unusual as my town is rather poor. When he saw me, he said, do you want to sit down? I can move. I told him, no, you're fine." And went to sit on the regular blue seat. Once I sat down, I went on my phone for literally two minutes. I texted my mom to tell her I was headed home and I checked the weather. Then, when I looked back, the man was gone. I immediately jumped up and looked around. I probably looked insane as my mouth was wide open and I was turning in circles, looking in each and every direction, trying to figure out where the hell this man went. It had literally been two minutes. I heard no one shuffling around, saw nothing out of my peripheral vision. As I said before, this bus stop is on the side of a very busy highway that leads to the interstate. There is at least a half a mile of open sidewalk in each direction. If he had walked either way, I would still be able to see him. If he managed to get across the uncontrolled traffic at 5 p.m. on a Friday, I would be able to see him walking down the sidewalk across the street. If he had gone back to the library, I would have either heard the snow crunching or he would still be walking around the parking lot. He had vanished. So I'm standing alone at a bus stop on the side of the highway. It's 20 degrees out and the sun is setting and I am trying to figure out what happened to this unhoused man who seemingly disappeared into thin air. If that wasn't freaky enough, someone honked at me while I was looking around. It startled me so badly I yelped. I suppose it could have been a catcall, but that would have been a crazy coincidence as I'm outside walking, running, or sitting at a bus stop for about two hours a week, and I get catcalled maybe once every other month. I wish I had some sort of theory or explanation for this, but I don't. If you're asking me, he was a ghost, though it is heartbreaking to think about why his ghost would be there, even offering his seat to me. If you're asking my mother, I was just tired and I have a very vivid imagination. I guess I'll never know. I know this isn't the craziest story you've had listeners send in, but thank you for reading it anyway. Please don't ever stop making episodes. Ivy. What's your theory? That's so eerie when you see it like that. It's interesting that you I feel like with snow, she would have seen snow like footprints walking away. Yeah. And, and if you had a like,
2: cart, a cart like rolling tracks.
1: Yeah, there would be track marks and then also if it like she said it's a long stretch, so if you can see you know, even one mile in every direction. If he's an older gentleman with a cart, he's not going to get up and sprint in five minutes and be gone. Mm-hmm. You know, even if he took off walking, you'd still see him. Uh, there's several different types of spirits. And one of them is, and it like you said, it's sad because they're repeating like a same rote action. And maybe if in life, he spent a lot of time at that spot and was always trying to be kind and thoughtful that, you know, your spirit almost gets like trapped there of being like, oh, can I offer your seat? No, thank you. And then Just kind of drifting in and out of our realm, of our veil.
2: Someone needs to accept his offer and see what happens.
1: Oh, maybe. You got to go back to that bus stop. Mm -hmm. Ivy, see if you can find him. Try to take a seat next to him, strike up a convo.
2: Maybe that's what he's looking for.
1: He's like, no, I just run really fast. I'm not a (laughs) ghost. I'm a person. (laughs) No. But something like that with the snow prints and being no footprints in the snow. That's eerie. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Ivy. This next one is from Lauren W.J., and the subject line is, Paging Zach Bagans, a ghost just spoke through my phone. Hello from a fellow North Texan. Loved the pod and had to share a story that happened to me that I've never been able to explain. This story took place in the fall of 2013 in Denton, Texas. For those who aren't familiar, Denton is a town at the northern tip of the DFW area. I was in college and living in an apartment building that overlooked the IOOF cemetery. I was out having a few drinks at a nearby bar with my friend Mallory, who lived in a nearby building on the other side of the cemetery. After last call, we were walking home and decided to walk through the cemetery. I'd recently downloaded an app on my phone called Ghost Radar. It was a cheesy app, when opened, displayed a radar that ghosts could pop up on. It would also occasionally display a word at the top of the app and read it out in a creepy robotic voice, supposedly a message from a ghost. It was an app that was clearly just a toy made for fun, or so we thought. We decided to open the app while in the cemetery to see if we could get any of these ghost readings. After a few moments, the app said the word, Wilson. We thought it was spooky that it said a name so Mallory flipped on her phone flashlight and started scanning nearby headstones to see if we could spot any that read Wilson. We continued walking and chatting, me looking at my phone, and Mallory scanning the ground with her flashlight. Suddenly, the app said the word, Martin. As soon as the word was spoken, Mallory started saying, Oh, oh my God, oh, oh my God. I looked up from my phone to see what her flashlight was pointing at. We were standing at Martin Wilson's grave. We froze. I had a feeling of chills run through my body as my heart felt like it tumbled down to my feet. We looked at each other and quickly walked away. I was so freaked out that I don't remember much of what we said afterwards, but we quickly booked it back to my place, hopping the chain link fence that separated the apartments from the cemetery to get to my building faster. I was truly shaken. We only spoke of it one other time. Mallory brought it up before class and mentioned that she had tried researching Martin Wilson to find out more information, but had no luck. I've never come up with an explanation for what happened. I'd played with the app many times since, and it never said anything remotely relevant before. Was it truly a coincidence? Is this some kind of technology that they use on ghost adventures? I'll never know. I moved out of that apartment shortly afterwards, but have visited many times to check on Martin. My fiancé and I even had our engagement photos taken at the cemetery because of the beautiful headstones. So, what do y'all think happened? Is it possible I had contact from a ghost? Love y'all and keep it creepy. P.S. I've attached a screenshot from Google of what the app interface looked like, a picture of Martin Wilson's grave, and one of the photos from our goth engagement session.
2: Well, thank you so much. You look incredible, both of you. Martin, you look great too, buddy. <laughs> um, So I have a theory about these ghost apps that I think when we were at Kel's Irish Pub in Seattle and did a- our live show on that episode, mm-hmm. we used it a lot there. And that's when I started wondering, do these ghost apps, like, from some kind of geo-targeting or they know GPS because of where you are, they're like, oh, they're at that specific cemetery? Well, this is a person that was buried there based on, like, we can run through, our robots can run through and see that information. And then they just give a name. Like when we were at the Irish bar and it said, like, an Irish word. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it can tell that you're at Kell's Irish Pub. So, therefore... It affects what it's going to say to you. This is Ooh. my, this is my conspiracy theory. I'm going to blow the lid off ghost apps this year.
1: <laughs> You're exposing them for what they truly are. My <laughs> the ghost only- is not going to get me down. <laughs> well, they have to tell you if they're using your location, so mm. you can turn that off. And the ghost app has not asked me for my location, okay. but that that doesn't mean they're not lying. I mean, they they might be illegally obtaining your data because you have to consent to it on your phone. That would also be an incredible amount of coding that it would take to know to search the internet, crawl the internet for all names. You ass- don't know and-
2: how deep this goes, Heather. <laughs> the the paranormal enthusiasts out there that are determined to turn the whole world 100% believers
3: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: And don't stop at no cost.
1: It goes all the way to the top, and the top is the point of Zach Vega's gelled haircut.
2: <laughs> That's the point. It's the pinnacle. We the got very to the
1: top, top spike. Goes all the way to the top, I think. Or well,
2: the- favorite movie, Castaway.
1: Oh, it knows it. It knows it loves the television show, Martin, and it loves Wilson from Castaway. Mm-hmm. So i was <laughs> just telling you cool shows and movies to watch. That is creepy. I think mm-hmm. yeah, everything's energy. So probably Martin Wilson's he hanging out in the cemetery. It's sad that saying hi. Martin Wilson is stuck there in the cemetery. Hopefully he moves on to the next realm, Lincoln in the Bardo style, that he's, uh realizes that his time here on this earthly realm is done and he needs to go and join the
2: great net of energy that connects us all. May I say something? Go on regarding this possible ghost, as well as the bus stop ghost. Yes, maybe that's where they're happiest. That's the maybe other they don't want to move. Maybe it, we all think everybody needs to move on. Maybe they're right where they need and want to be, and we just—it's part of—it's part of the the fabric of society. Now <laughs> we're the ones that got to
1: adapt. We need mm-hmm. to be more welcoming. To our ghostly neighbors.
2: You never know where somebody was their happiest.
1: Well, there you go. Maybe their happiest is in the grave. They were like, fuck this life. I always wanted to be in the cemetery.
2: Well, I imagine he's walking around like um, uh, Coco style. Like everybody's just out, you know, in the cemetery having a having a party.
1: Chilling. That's how it is in Lincoln and the Bardo. They, that's just they're kind of it's like they a little home base. You can go and sit on your own gravestone or you can walk around and visit others mm-hmm. and interact. Like a so, little
2: resort town.
1: Yeah, he's made friends. Every time I go visit my dad's grave, there's other certain graves and some of them have people's pictures on them and I'm like, oh, hi, Barbara. I see him all the time. He's like, hey, yeah. what's up? Well, this final story is from Kate and the subject line is surreal almost mass shooting hi heather and christy i'll save the swooning over how much i love y'all but thank you for keeping us all company during the pandemic and beyond like many people target is my happy place i worked there in college and would love playing a podcast while i peruse with no real plan i'd let the candles home goods and clothing call to me like a wayward sailor to a lighthouse It was a typical Target outing in March of last year. I pulled up to the Target store I used to work at in Cincinnati. I knew this would be a long shop, so I went to the restroom beforehand. It's right at the front of the store. As I was washing my hands, I heard and saw two girls who looked to be in their teens rush into the bathroom. At first, I was irritated and thought they were just high school hooligans. Then I realized one of them was an employee. She screamed, shoot her, shoot her. It took me a second to process. Then, I heard gunshots and screaming from outside the bathroom. Not knowing what to do, I saw a woman around my age run into the accessible stall. I made the split-second decision to join her, a decision I immediately regretted. I know from movies, documentaries, and tales from people who have lived it that restroom stalls make you a sitting duck in a mass shooting scenario. I looked up at the ceiling to see if it was tiled so that I could climb up and push into the tiles to hide. But it was concrete. I started sobbing. The girl with me tried to calm me down and claimed she had seen what had happened. A man outside the store, right as she was coming in, pulled out a gun and started shooting wildly, but she thought it seemed targeted. To make matters worse, I was trying to hide my feet from the floor in case the shooter came in and the automatic toilet kept flushing. Working at this target, we got shooting threats not infrequently. I couldn't believe it was happening but the gunshots stopped. All I could hear outside was a woman crying and the music still playing over the intercom. It was so eerie. Rather than be sitting ducks, my stallmate and I decided to run. We were so close to the front door. Immediately, there were cops surrounding us with weapons drawn. We put our hands up. As I ran out, a stranger who I'll never forget embraced me and held me while we both cried. I stayed to watch the unfolding events and witnessed dozens more people come out crying with their hands up. We came to find out that a young guy, about 22, and his sisters were visiting from out of town and went to the store. Upon entering, he gave a look to another guy. That guy then waited behind a van in the parking lot until the young guy came out with his sisters about 20 minutes later. The shooter ran up, killed the young guy at point blank range and escaped in a vehicle driven by someone else while shooting at the victim's sisters. I'm assuming the sisters were the ones I heard crying after the gunshots went away. I just want to say you truly never know how you'll act in a situation. I've always known myself to be someone to run or fight if I ever thought there was a shooter. I've always known I'd call my family to say goodbye. But I was petrified. I think I didn't want to scare my mom or partner... But something stopped me from reaching for my phone. How terrifying for the victim and his sisters. A trip to the store and making eye contact with the wrong person. Crazy enough, I had a therapy appointment scheduled for an hour later. I went and was able to debrief from the whole thing. People told me afterwards, at least it was targeted. But somehow, that didn't
2: make me feel any better. This is one of my worst nightmares, I um, think about this pretty much every time I go to a public place, which is wild that that's the world we live in. And every time we tell stories about this or school shootings and stuff, we get a lot of DMs and emails from people in the UK or other countries that are just shocked that the amount of guns just anybody's allowed to have. Yeah. And And the prevalence. Yeah. And that they're like, How do y'all send your kids to school? Well, it's it's real hard a lot of the times. Or, you know, I mean, aren't you worried something's going to happen? Yeah, all the time. (laughs) For sure. When I go into the bathroom, I also look up to see uh, what kind of ceiling is above me. I do that a lot of places. And then kind of think, okay, if something were to happen, I could stand on this, push this up. Is it generalized anxiety disorder? Probably. But I think a lot of it, too, is like just... There's so much shit out there that we know about.
1: (laughs) Right. So you just want to be prepared. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do the same thing. I look at ceilings. I definitely gauge exits, like see like how far I would be if I needed to be somewhere. But you're right. Target is my also my happy place. I like to go there and just walk, like you said, wander the aisles with nothing. Mm -hmm. Just have a podcast in or have like an album on and just walk up and down. It's just calming.
2: (laughs) I love it. Target. I go to Target every day. There's just something just browse the aisles. I don't ever have to get anything. Sometimes I do. I just like the the ambiance and, you know, it's comforting. It's familiar. It would be real hard for me to go back to one after something like this happened.
1: Oh, definitely. And it it would just make you almost like check your, you know, check the front door. But something Mm -hmm. like this is so random and so devastatingly. Silly, that it was a bad look, that that is what sent somebody over the edge. and Permanent
2: decision on a temporary feeling.
1: Yeah, and to think that a person who has that type of a razor-thin temper had free access to a weapon is shocking and unfortunate.
2: And also, had time to chill out and leave. Yeah. Sat out there for 20 minutes lying in wait, so... If they were to be caught, I would absolutely say that they should be charged with first degree murder. Oh, it's premeditated.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's like lying in wait murder. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah, I don't know about Ohio, but te- I mean, with that, that could be a capital offense if they find that you like play like planned it out, waited even twenty minutes is still a lot of time to cool time. off. Yeah, you can't say, oh, it's was the heat of the moment. I was upset or whatever. And also, it's not like, well, he was walking in and I was walking out and he punched me in the mouth and said, as soon as I get out of the store, I'm going to kill you. So I had to go to the parking lot and protect myself. It's like he gave you a look.
2: Yeah, there's probably, you know, somebody brushed somebody. There were some words exchanged and <sighs> somebody was unwilling to let that go and did the unthinkable. Just from a look. yeah. Well, thank you so much for sending that in, Kate. We're so glad that you and your stallmate were okay. I can't imagine how scary that must have been to to be in there and just feel like you're a sitting duck.
1: And God bless that stranger for having their arms yeah. open and ready to comfort you in something like that. While everybody said they have to sort out, you know, who's a threat and who's not a threat. Like, oh, uh, we were hostages.
2: Yeah. And, you know. In traumatic situations like this, it is bonding for people because you all just went through a very traumatic situation that no one else will know what that felt like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, emotions run high. I'm glad that there were some people there helping. Always look for the helpers. Well, thank you so much for sending in your Freaky Friday stories. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you had a brush of true crime – or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at sinisterhood.com slash Freaky Friday. We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show.
1: As a thank you, you'll get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Rolling the Airwaves and Getting Into It tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode, and patron-exclusive video and audio content including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and more. And patrons in our Getting Into It tier are also able to vote on a bonus content segment each month. They would like to see us live stream January thirty first, Thursday, January thirty first, eight PM Central. We're doing our bonus content live stream, and we have got rural posts from my hometown's Facebook page that are uh, I've been hanging on to for a while. So some I'm gems, some gems, some real gems.
2: <laughs> you also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally, and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions.
1: The January Crowdcast already happened, but you can check the replay out now Mm -hmm. and watch it at your convenience. And for our patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships are also available for all tiers, and when you select this option, you are rewarded with a free month of membership.
2: For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner.
1: So many of you have been tagging us and pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. If you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com. Click on shop on the top banner.
2: The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner and share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting Sinisterhood.com slash playlist. All of this means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure.
1: You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod, and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. We're also on YouTube and TikTok at Sinisterhood Podcast. Christy, where are you at on the World Wide Web?
2: I'm on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and Twitter and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather?
1: Well, I'm on Twitter at MCK vs. the World and I'm on TikTok and Instagram at
2: Heather vs. the World. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy.
0: Say.